Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of our Amateur Spotlight on the Whiskey Throttle Media podcast channel. We're here today with Liam Oloft. He writes for NSA Yamaha. What's up, Liam? How are you, man? Good. How are you? Hey, we were talking before we hit record. You've kind of jumped up on this scene in the last few years, pretty much out of nowhere. So for those who aren't familiar with you, give them a little background, how old you are, where you're from, when you started writing, things like that. Uh, yeah, so I'm from Oak Hills, California, and I'm 16. And I started writing it too, but never really got into it until I was around 10 to 12 years old. And so before you started writing at 12, what, what were you doing? Were you playing other sports or what, what were your hobbies at the time? Yeah, I played, like, I think my first, one of my first sports was soccer, and then I kind of got into baseball, football, but I stayed with soccer for a little bit, and then I started riding a little more and then felt like I wanted to ride all the time. So I kind of just made that commitment to riding and racing. And so for being where you are now, uh, you signed with the NSA Yamaha team late last year from really not taking it serious till a few years ago. Uh, what were the things that you were doing to get up to speed where you're at? Because a, you know, a lot of times the amateurs coming up that have these support rides or been doing it since they were five years old, traveling all the nationals, things like that. Is it just a natural thing that you think you have it? Or, you know, we talked about before we record your dad raced pro. How did it all come about? Were you just, is this something that came easy to you? Um, kind of, yeah. It's obviously my grandpa and my dad kind of say it's in my blood because my grandpa used to ride and my dad obviously being pro. But honestly, my dad, when I was younger, he just kind of coached me a little bit with some things. And then we started getting into into racing more. So he started training with BJ Burns from MX University and then he moved to Texas. So now we're training with Budman. And then last year, the last two years, the month before the Reddas, I've been, I was going to Matt Walker's. Oh, right on. Do you ever jump on YouTube and take a look at your dad's races when he was pro? I believe he retired maybe the year you were born or the, or before you were born. Were you, were you basically a newborn when he retired? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he obviously, in, I think, oh four, oh five, he broke his neck. So that kind of set him back a little bit. And then he was, when he had me, um, that's kind of when he started to be like, ah. And so he just started, he pretty much retired and spent more time with the family. Does he, uh, does he ride still or is, does he still show you a wheel here and there? Show you how, you know, the old pros used to do it? Well, he hasn't ridden in like over a year. So, but when he did ride, he would, he would like me and him would mess around sometimes and then we have some fun dishing motos and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I always think it's interesting. You look at some of these guys that race pro and their, their kids weren't born or they're newborns when they retired. And so I always wonder if their kids really think back and think of their parents like, man, he was a, he was a rad dude. He was really good on a dirt bike or if it's something that was so far long ago that. You just think, oh yeah, he rode dirt bikes. Because I looked at some of his results in the late nineties, he's riding one twenty five and top ten supercrosses and he had a long career and had some really good results. So what do you any thoughts on that? Yeah, like every once in a while we'll go on YouTube and search up some older races and then he'll find himself in it and he just shows it and he, he's proud of it. Um but yeah, he just kinda does it his dad thing now. Does he do any training with you or give you any words of advice as someone that's been there and done that and maybe 
point out things that he wish he could have done differently? Yeah, he does that a lot, especially before I started getting into it, like digging deeper into ra racing and stuff. So now it's kind of like he'll tell me some things, but he's like, he is really not a word. It. He says this all the time, but he'll tell my trainer, buddy Antonez, and then buddy will tell me like a way to do it. And then my dad will be like, yeah, that's pretty much what I was trying to say, but he just can't find the words for it. But honestly, buddy helps a lot with i mean a lot with just practice days with cornering just all the things in general for racing so were you homeschooled or did you were you going to public school still i was in public school till uh when covid started so now i'm homeschooled now but when covid hit it's kind of when i went homeschooled now we just look back at some of these rider amateurs that are coming up that have been racing since they're in fifties, traveling every year since then. And then you have someone like you that rode and raced for fun, but didn't really ever take it serious until a few years ago. Do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage for someone like you that started later? Maybe you're more hungry or not burnt out yet. And someone that started early, what what are your thoughts on getting a later start, but progressing like you have? I mean, yeah, there's advantages and disadvantages like the disadvantage is starting late so not many people know your name as if you as if you were to start early but the advantage is like what, how you said it not getting out pretty quick so that's a good thing about it so i can pretty much my career will stay a little longer hopefully than some of the kids that jumped in it and started doing it all when they were on 50 to 65 yeah i agree with that I'm going to ask you some fun. I've been throwing these in here into our recent podcast, some fun this or that questions. Just learn more about you. Beach or mountains? Mm. I live in the mountains, so I, I'd probably say mountains, but I haven't been to the beach in a few years now. So yeah, mountains. Music or podcasts? Um, music mainly, but for long road trips, Road trips, um, we'll do. I'll listen to music, and then my dad will have me put on a podcast, like a Whiskey Throttle podcast of the latest one of whoever just did one. So, I mean, it just differs between the times. And what kind of music are you listening to when you're working out or if you're sitting on the line trying to get amped up for the moto? Um, well, I'm working out, and before moto, it's more like rap music and Kind of pump up music. Yeah, I'm sure trying to get that blood flowing. Um, yeah. Instagram or TikTok? I'm not on Instagram a lot. I'm mainly on TikTok, but probably TikTok. Yeah, and I'll date myself here. Man, I went through the MySpace, the Facebook, the Instagram, and now we have TikTok. I don't even know where I'm at. So that's pretty interesting. Um, French fries or onion rings? Oh, French fries. I'm not real. I've had onion rings here and there, but I haven't, I don't really eat them often. I've asked this one on every one of them because I think it's very important, at least for me. Coke or Pepsi? That's a hard one because I'm mainly, I haven't drinking soda in a while. So, but if I had to choose one, it'd be probably Coke. Run or bike for exercise? Bike for sure. I mean, I run now and then I have like a stationary bike, but running's good. And then, but I just like biking a lot more. Because it's, you can go at like higher speeds and like you can see more stuff in a longer amount of time. 
And last one, and this one should be a good one for you because you've only been on a big bike for not very long. Um, and you came off a two stroke. So, so far two stroke or four stroke, have you enjoyed riding more? The four stroke, just cause the two stroke, obviously they sound great. And like, I loved hearing them and then, but then obviously there's a certain limit to how fast they can go. And then four strokes, you just have a little bit more advantage. Like if you get into trouble going through a corner, you can kind of get out of it a little easier. How long have you been on? A big bike. About a month before I signed the team, I signed with the team just because I was trying different bikes out, seeing which ones I liked. And then, um, yeah, pretty much just a big bike since the month before October. And how has that transition been from, you know, 80 super minis straight on to a Yamaha 250 four stroke? How has that been? Or has it been an easy transition or something that's taking you a little bit to get used to? It's been a, Pretty easy transition. Obviously, you have to build more muscle and stamina to um, move a heavier and bigger bike around with more power. But it hasn't been real crazy. It's just been like workouts weekly, not really skipping any. It's getting, building muscle and then being able to hold on to the bike for 20 plus minutes. So what type of training program are you on? You know, everybody has their own program. Everybody thinks maybe they know what to do and probably before you took it very serious, you didn't do a whole lot and just maybe rode uh, here and there. But now that you're on a team, this is something that you want to do. What does a typical day look like for you? A typical day right now, I mean, my program isn't crazy strict with workouts and stuff. It's kind of, I do my workouts at home with either running or doing like a circuit workout, like a full body or something like that. But Honestly, my schedule on a weekly basis is obviously schoolwork, um, riding two to three times a week, and then working out about four to five times a week. And is that pretty stagnant for the whole year, or do you have like an off-season program and then ramp up at a certain time, or is that something that you do all year round? Uh, that's pretty much what I do all year round. I don't really, the only time I really hit, don't really do my workouts is like a few days before a race, I'll kind of lay off and kind of let my body recover. And then, and then when racing starts, it's kind of when I just race. And then when I'm done, I take maybe a week off depending on the race. And do you feel time training off the bike is as equally important as time on the bike or do you weigh one or the other? You know, a lot of people have different perspectives where off the bike training or on the bike training, some prefer one or the other. What do you think is the most important, at least for you coming up? I think pretty much off the bike and on the bike training is those are like, they're pretty much similar because on the bike, it builds like you can build your stamina for longer motos. And then obviously your first lap intensity and, and then how long you can hold on to the bike. But then also off the bike is like, you need that because I mean, if you didn't have that, you really couldn't hold on to the bike for long at a high speed. So off the bike training helps out a lot in many ways. So, I mean, they're both really good. Yeah, cool. Since your dad raced pro, when you guys go to the races, is he pretty involved? Is he a, you know, a mini dad or does he, is he kind of hands off and let you do your thing or is he pretty involved in um, your racing and giving you a lot of pointers or, or does he kind of let you do your own thing? He's more of a mini dad because 
we don't have a mechanic, but but there's points where he will let off a little bit, but it's mainly like, especially at a race that he's been to, a track that he's been to, he tells me like, okay, this line forms here, this this bump here, like all those things that happen when he races. So he's pretty much, he does, he's not real hands off at all. He's kind of on and when he need, like when I'm not there completely, not riding the greatest, he'll get on me. And then when I start to ride how I usually do, he'll lay off a little bit, but he'll still be on me at points. Yeah. And I'm sure at times it's hard. It's your dad. Right. And I think it's also an advantage for you. And maybe sometimes you don't always realize it where. You know, he's been there, he's seen these things, he raced at that level before, and he's just trying to, trying to look out for you. But I can imagine too, when it is your dad and, you know, it's, he's saying something that you don't necessarily always want to hear that it can be tough, but I think it's cool that you have that in your back pocket, his experience. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Cause especially like last year at Loretta's being the top four guys, whoever would win the last moto pretty much got the championship. So he would. He hasn't really been in that position, but he knows what to do with it. So he obviously told me the things that I needed to do and then kind of just let me do what I needed to do. But obviously he kept an eye on what I did and how I did it. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm switching gears a little bit. You going from being in public school to now homeschool. Do you miss anything about living a normal public school life with your friends and hanging out? or? Um, since this is what you want to do, are you, you pretty much focused on this and you're not really worried about that other stuff? Yeah, public school. I mean, I don't really miss public school at all besides maybe some of my friends, but I didn't really have many friends then. So all my friends are pretty much people who are around and ride dirt bikes. But like we talked about, you really came out of nowhere. Like you said, you were riding and things like that. But when do you think that you started to get noticed or at least your name started to get noticed by people in the industry. We'll talk about you signing the NSA Yamaha team, but when do you think that you started to get noticed on a more top level? Oh, I started to get noticed maybe I think spring nationals last year when I won a moto at Freestone. And that's kind of when it started to where my my mindset was like, yeah, I, I finally, like not finally, but I know I can win. I just have to put my head down and then, I mean, the results will tell, but really, and no one really noticed my name a bunch until probably spring nationals last year. Yeah, that's cool. And I think it's cool that we have guys that come up that, or I guess if you want to call them a late bloomer, but for your sake, that really wouldn't fit because you didn't really start until later at time. But I think it's cool that we can have some of these guys come up that aren't the names that you heard since 50s and 65. So it, it gives hope and at least, you know, people out there that start later that you can have the same opportunity as long as you put it in the works. So I think that's pretty impressive for you starting a little later in um, writing and then, you know, getting to where you're at. I think that's pretty cool. Signing with the NSA Yamaha team, how did that come about? That came about pretty much after the Reddas last year um, with the, the second and the Super Mini 1 and then the championship that I won in Super Mini 2. That's when a lot of people started to notice me. A lot of teams started reaching out so I could ride their bikes. And and then we talked about some things with the teams. And then honestly, I kind of 
every bike I rode, I wrote down like what I liked and kind of didn't dislike, I didn't hate, but kind of disliked about the bike. And then the Yamaha seemed to be, but it was my favorite bike just because I'm riding limited this year. So uh, a limited bike for this year, the Yamaha felt the best, especially with the bottom end, even stock. And I haven't ridden a mod, but stock's bottom end is pretty good. And so you say we were talking with other teams. Did you have a lot of interest for yourself after Loretta's? And you had to, you had to figure out where you wanted to go. Like you said, you rid a few bikes. Was it a hard decision or was it pretty easy after you rode all the bikes? It was somewhat of a hard decision. I mean, some teams couldn't, they didn't have a spot for me to be on the team. So that, that obviously wouldn't work out. So it was kind of two or three teams that had a contract for me. So it was somewhat of a hard decision because, I mean, obviously you wouldn't stay with the bike you're on, but then you obviously like a different brand. So it's just kind of like a, what you prefer and what the best contract looks like. And how long did you sign with them for? The contract's for a year. And then by a certain date, you can extend your contract. Yeah, that's cool. How did it feel, you know, doing things on your own? I'm sure you had some support locally uh, with some sponsors, but how did it feel to finally get that, those interests in you and have these contracts on the table or something that wouldn't really, you know, make, make your guys' life easier as far as for bikes and support and things like that. I'm curious how it felt when you had those offers and what was going through your mind. Yeah, it obviously felt surreal in moments, but I mean, I kind of just took it day by day, seeing what happened with riding and stuff. So, I mean, there was points where I was like, I looked back at it or I looked like I kind of stepped away from it and looked at it. And it obviously was really cool to have the opportunity to ride all those bikes. And that happened until I signed with the NSA team. When I think everyone's goal, ultimately, you know, if they're pushing forward and trying to make a run at this is to get on a team, to get that support that ultimately can help them go into the pro ring. So I think that's cool that you got on this team as a stepping point and can kind of show what you can do on, on good bikes. Uh, that's pretty cool. So what are your plans for, for this year? My plans for this year are riding the B limited classes. And then maybe some schoolboy two in the classes and the races I can race more than two. But then I'll be stock class up until Loretta's race stock at Loretta's. And then I think the the main goal or the main decision was to ride some combines after the Loretta's, like just to get my feet wet. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think those things are a really good experience for the up and coming amateur riders. You can get on a national track see what it's all about. I think that's a big step in the right direction for uh, our amateur riders where, you know, we had all these amateur nationals, Loretta's, um, spring nationals, things like that. But I think it's really beneficial to get you guys on a pro caliber national track and give you those long motos and let the team see what you guys can do. It's almost like a tryout. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's obviously works out well that with the combine being the same day as the national, you can see how rough the tracks get and how gnarly and technical they are. If you're looking from a fan standpoint into the pros and you're not like, oh, this guy, he just, it doesn't ride well here. It's like, now that you're riding these tracks, it's 
it's like, oh, I can see why, because how gnarly the threats get. Yeah, and I think it, and then you can also somewhat compare, even though the track would be different, you can compare your times to what they do on the national. Obviously, it's always hard to compare on different days and different track conditions, but at least you get an idea. And I think it helps with some of the teams also. They're out there watching you guys on the same track, longer motos, lots more competition. Whereas at some of these races, you're doing short motos and maybe not everybody's there. So I think it, I think it's cool. And so you're leaving for the spring nationals tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow just to go break in the race bike for spring nationals. And then Avery Long is going to be racing the uh, Supercross Futures in Arlington. So we're just going to go out, watch that, kind of to see how that all goes down. And then after that, just break in the race bike. Cool. And when you say 250 limited, for those that aren't aware of what the limited class, kind of explain the difference between, you know, the limited class bike and two, regular 250B. Yeah. So the limited classes are pretty much a stock class, but you can have some, I mean, it's, it's mainly stock. You can only add little things here and there. Like you can revalve your suspension to your weight, but the motor's got to stay stock. A lot of the, most of the bike is stock and then the mod classes are that, that suspension's like, you can get a kit suspension there. Uh, you can pretty much run like a pro level bike and not the motor, obviously it's still amateur, but it's pretty much a pro level bike. Have you got an opportunity to ride, not the limited bike, or you've been strictly on this basically stock bike since you got on it? Yeah, pretty much. I haven't ridden a mod bike since I got on the stock bike. So Mammoth, there's no stock classes, so I'll be on a mod bike then, but I haven't ridden a mod bike yet. Yeah, and I think that Yamaha has a good platform starting off, so I think you're on a, a pretty good bike, even if it's in stock trim. It's, it's obviously proven. You see the guys on the star team and even the Club MX team, you know, those bikes are really good. I think it's just a solid platform to start off on so you're probably pretty stoked about that yeah i was really excited to ride stock this year and then just can i pretty much get my feet wet with this b class so i mean it's a good pretty much a good start so at the end of 2023 what would make this year a successful year for you obviously winning championships and making the team happy because the team is really good and obviously they want to see you do good. I mean, I don't want to not put out my, I don't want to put my worst foot forward. And that would put like a bad look on me as a rider. And then obviously on the team, it would just make everything kind of look more like way different than you want it to be. Yeah, I agree with that. And let's say it as year goes, how you want it to go. You do good. You get some championships. Um, you resign with the team. What? What's next? What What do you think the plan would be for 24? Would you go into regular B class or what are your thoughts? You might have not given a lot of thoughts on it, but if you had to put it in a perfect scenario, what would the plan be moving forward for 23? Um, yeah, honestly, if my year goes well with me, we're thinking about riding futures next year. And then it depends on how well I do at these next few races after the red I might have to go A. I always think it's interesting. You have some guys that ride the B class for a few years, and then you have some guys that 
I think Hymas moved right to A uh, really quick and rode A for a couple of years. So I, I think it's interesting on the amateur side that, you know, the differences between A and B, how people approach it. And like I talked about on a previous podcast, it seems like once you go A, the support circle shrinks. There's almost more support in the B class. So it's almost backwards. So I don't know if, if you have any thoughts on that, but you're just kind of doing your thing. But I think the amateur side is a little interesting where you can, you can stay B, get more support, and then you can almost go from the B class straight, straight to the pros. You know, we've seen it in a bunch of different directions in the past, and there's really not an ironed out way of how it should work. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I do go A, it's because the AMA rule about turning 17 before a certain date. So, I mean, that just all depends. And then the AMA rule obviously comes into play with that. And lastly, we'll talk about, you mentioned potentially doing Supercross Futures next year. You're going to watch the Futures this weekend in Arlington. I'll actually be there for that one too. I'm flying in on Friday. Have you ridden any Supercross or you just been watching? Have you had any experience riding any Supercross recently? No, I haven't ridden Supercross yet. I mean, obviously we want to now just to see or just to get some time on it before Futures for next year for me. But just trying to plan it out for next year. I mean, trying to get time, but then also balancing that with doing like this nationals and stuff. And you're young. I don't, I think the days of the stewards and those guys turning pro at 16, we don't see that often anymore. So I think for you, just getting on big bikes, taking your time, not getting injured. And even if you have a couple more years and then go pro at 18, because we've seen guys go pro too early and they get washed, washed down the system where I think you're in a good spot where you started late, you're building, you signed to a really good team. Sounds like you have a pretty good approach on what you guys want to do this year and then get your feet wet in Supercross next year. So I think, I think that's a good plan that you're not rushing into things. Yeah. My dad felt like it was a really good plan just to start in the limited class. And I was okay with that. Just, just because people, you can see if they... A lot of people go mod right away from like a 125 or super mini. They'll go mod and get hurt. And then it'll kind of, the system will kind of spin them out. And then that's kind of their career right there. So that obviously sucks for them. So you just have to, honestly, you just have to take it slow in the beginning and get your feet pretty much set. And then you can start plugging away at certain things. Yeah, I would agree with that. Have you had any big injuries since you started riding or since you started taking it serious? Luckily, not yet. I've broken both of my tip fibs, my lower tip fibs, and then my radius. I haven't had those big injuries yet, and hopefully I won't because it obviously sucks. It's downtime and all that. Yeah, and I think with the right approach, you know, you can't always avoid all the injuries because things out of your control happen. But I think with the approach that you guys have, it's, it seems pretty solid, and hopefully yeah, you can avoid those things moving forward. Well, cool, man. I appreciate taking the time with me today to talk about who you are, where you came from, what your plans are. Are there any sponsors that you want to thank? Yeah, the Yamaha Factory NSA team. Donnie Lewis, Danny Lewis, Ed Torrance, Jake, the head mechanic, everyone at NSA helping with the anything and everything. Moose, Alpine Stars, Bell. 100%. Monster, Mike from Monster, Dunlop, 
ODI, FMF, Enzo, and everyone else, thank you so much. There's a long list, obviously, but everyone that supports the team and supports me, thank you guys. Well, cool, man. Like I said, I appreciate it. Um, good luck at the Spring Nationals. Enjoy the time at Supercross this weekend. I think that's a good learning experience for you, at least seeing the futures in the night show. It'll be fun to watch. And yeah, man, good luck with everything in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me.